Well, hey, fellas, welcome to Fridays with the fellas. So glad you're along with us. Hey, Ken, good morning. Lewis, good morning. John Mergle, it's been a while. Maybe, uh, have you been on live with us before? I can't recall, but I'm glad you're having a nice relaxing time. I saw your Facebook post. Good morning, Dale. Hey, Ozzy, uh, trying to remember as well if, uh, if I've seen your name on here before, but buenos dias. Good morning, Keith Cliff Leonard. Very good, glad to have you along from uh, Canada. So we're talking manhood, wisdom, it's what we do here on Fridays. And, uh, you know, it's not that women can't watch this on Fridays. Some of them do. They've let me know. They sneak in. Had one uh, mother say she's learning some things and teaching her son. So that's good. But this is really geared toward us as men. So uh, last week we discussed uh, sleep. Remember that? And we talked about just the importance of taking charge of your sleep. And I, I know some of you said that you were going to make some changes. Did you? Be curious to know if you did and if uh, it's, if you've seen benefit. Our guys who meet on Thursdays, uh, we talked about this a few weeks ago with them and several of them have made significant changes and they are already acknowledging it has changed everything. Their alertness through the day, their productivity, a lot of those things. And it just takes some self-discipline, right? Of uh, choosing to go to bed, getting up early, those kind of things. So uh, that's part of a larger discussion. Uh, for those of you new or with us, we've been going through Proverbs and looking at wisdom literature there. But we're taking a little hiatus from that and just talking about some other things. And that, uh, that discussion of taking charge and ruling yourself in getting to bed and waking up early uh, that's part of a larger discussion of taking responsibility for yourself. And today, I want to discuss how we should not defer to experts. And for some of you, this might be um, shocking. It might be, uh, uh, I don't know, create fear. Um but think about how often in so many parts of our lives we defer to experts. And here's my, here's my opening question. We as Christians believe in uh, what theologians call total depravity, right? Now, I don't love that term. You know that. Um, so let's set aside that term for a moment. Let's use biblical terminology like slavery to sin. Do you believe that human beings are slaves to sin unless they are Christians? Yes or no? Just a few of you answer that question. Do you believe the Bible teaches that men are slaves to sin unless they are believers? Yes or no? Anyone? Anyone? <laughs> there's a there's at least one yes, a couple yeses. There we go. Yes, 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 yes. Good. Hey, Ron. Good to have you with us. Uh, yes. All right. So we believe that. And yet, sometimes we default and assume that if a person is educated, that is, they receive a degree in something, that their enslavement to sin goes away. At least in the field in which they are educated. 
and, and I'll, well, you get what I mean by that? It's like we suddenly a person has a degree or some kind of certification. And we forget that that is a human being who has passions and desires and temptations. And if he's not a believer, he is enslaved to sin. Why would we expect that person to not bring his enslavement to sin into his work, his job, his counsel, his expertise, his area of expertise. Uh, and even Christians, you know, we're not, we're not perfect just because someone is educated. Let me, let me flip it around, or let me ask it this way. I am very critical of the education system. I think the evidence is overwhelming that at least here in the U.S., and it is probably not um, any different where you are in Canada or Europe, or maybe some of you are somewhere else, the education system is awful. We homeschooled our kids because even 23, 24 years ago, it was pretty obvious to me, at least, I didn't want to entrust my kids to the, uh, the atheistic evolutionary system of the United States educational system. So someone like me criticizes the educational system and then we turn around and entrust ourselves to someone trained by it. Why do we do that? Dale says, Doug, a certified medical professional would never lead someone astray on purpose or by accident. <laughs> Our small minds can't even begin to comprehend their brilliance and moral superiority. Exactly. And, and I, I know you're jesting there, but that is kind of the, the mindset that we've been taught to have, that if you have this degree, you're an expert and so on. All right, so let me get specific here, okay? Um, I believe as Christians... And as men, we have to take responsibility, 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 responsibility. Why would we trust that? We can't just, we must not simply hand over our decision making to the experts in any aspect of our life. So let me talk about health for a minute. I'm a, I'm a doctor skeptic. <laughs> I don't know if any of you are doctors, and I don't mean to offend. And I do believe there are good doctors in the world. I believe uh, especially there are good Christian men who are good doctors. So I'm not uh, suggesting that every doctor uh, can't be trusted. But let me give you some anecdotal evidence as to why I don't trust doctors. And, and again, I admit this is anecdotal. It's not a scientific study, but you know that 96.3% uh, uh, of the statistics are wrong and 97% uh, of the studies are wrong. I'm just making that up, but that's, that's, what, <laughs> that's what we do. So my, uh, my dad uh, died a few years ago and uh, about a year before he died, he was placed in a um, uh, assisted living kind of home. And the first thing they did when uh, he entered this assisted living area 
was they reduced his meds from, I don't know, 20, 25 pills that he was taking. He was 95 at the time, I think. He was on like 20 or so pills. And they took him off of almost all of them. I think there were just two or three that they left him on. And I didn't know any of this. We went to visit him. And, you know, I talked to him on the phone a little bit. My brother had, had told me what was going on and he was just not himself. We thought, okay, my mom had died uh, a year or so before and uh, he's, you know, he's just, he's winding down. Well, we went out uh, to visit him and his alertness, his, he was his old self at 96. It was amazing. And I went and talked to the, uh, the head of the assisted living. I said, wow, this is amazing. And she said, and here's a, a point in favor of this doctor, this, uh, this woman doctor who was in charge of the medical uh, staff there. She said, yeah, I like to eliminate medications and then see what the needs are and then slowly add them back in if necessary. And the way he sprung up, I was, uh, what it, the thought that went through my head is, you know, he gets all these doctors over years, he goes to see all these doctors and they just throw different meds at him and who, it just totally impacted his life. And I think, I wonder what his quality of life would have been even the years before that if he had not been uh, on all that meds. Okay, so that's just one anecdote. Uh, here's another one, a little even more closer to home. Ozzy says, 100% doctor skeptic here as well. Several personal stories, too much to type. Yeah, so I'm sure you all, I'm sure you can identify with some of these. So uh, when my wife was pregnant with my uh, first child, this was 20, uh, whoa, almost 24 years ago. Um, about that same time, my mother-in-law told us that she found out she had a thing called Factor V Leiden, a blood clotting condition kind of thing, and that it's genetic. So your kids should be tested. So uh, we got my wife tested and sure enough, she has factor five Leiden. Also found out she has what's called a protein C deficiency. So she's pregnant and we talked to our OBGYN about it. And he was an older guy. He said, you know what? I've been, I've been doing this for 40 years or whatever. Uh, I'm not worried about it. She'll be fine. So we go through the pregnancy. Thankfully, my, uh, my wife gives birth to our first child. All is great. Well, that uh, OBGYN retires. And uh, so my wife gets pregnant with our second child and uh, we get a new OBGYN and he's also an older guy. And we tell him about the Factor Five Leiden. And he says, eh, I've been doing this a long time. I'm not really worried about it, but why don't you take a half a baby aspirin a day to thin the blood a little bit because this, this condition apparently uh, makes her a higher blood clot risk. So uh, take a half baby aspirin a day. All right. We go through that pregnancy. Everything seems fine. And uh, we have our second child. Well, that OBGYN retires and we get pregnant with our third child, my son Gabe. And at this point, I'm thinking, okay, <laughs> we had planned to have several more kids. And I thought, all right, we're going to get a younger doctor <laughs> because they keep retiring on us. So we found a younger guy, told him about the factor five. He immediately shows a great sense of urgency, sends us to a specialist. We have all kinds of, uh, we have blood drawn and all kinds of tests run and sends us to a blood specialist. And turns out my wife not only has factor five Leiden and a protein C deficiency, but when she's pregnant, 
her body acts as though she has a protein S deficiency. And what we're told all this means is one of the conditions increases her likelihood of blood clot. The other conditions decrease her body's ability to dissolve blood clots. So now she is a high risk for blood clots. So apparently uh, labor and delivery is one of the highest uh, occasions of blood clotting. So she is high risk of blood clot during labor delivery that could take her life or our child's life or both. And this, uh, this younger OBGYN says, yeah, I lost a patient recently, uh, or at least, uh, yeah, a, a recent patient had a stroke with the same conditions. And so I had to give my wife heparin shots twice a day through her pregnancy. And my wife hates needles. We'll talk about that some other time. And the doctor said, you really should be done having kids because such high risk. And we had planned to have several others. So what do I do with that information? Who is right? I don't know. I'm in no position to tell. Were the first two OBGYNs just ignorant, naive, lazy, uneducated? They've been doing this so long they didn't worry about it? Was the younger guy hypersensitive? Is the condition not nearly as bad as he made it out to be? How do we know? I don't know. Third anecdote, my uh, wife, several years ago, hurt her knee, had a lot of pain. We went to see different doctors and they tested it. And uh, so we went to uh, an orthopedist and they said, yep, you have this issue and you need to have a surgery. So we go to the surgeon and the surgeon walks us through the procedure, what's going to happen. And he said emphatically and explicitly, my goal, oh, I, I, well, I should pr uh give you this background. Um, on my wife's 40th birthday, I think it was, maybe it was her 45th. I forget now. She decided she's going to start running. She sent me a, a video text of her just breathing heavy. She said, I did it. I did, I did my first uh, 5k on my own. My She never ran all these years. We've been married, never ran. But she decided on that day, she's going to start running and you know get in shape, uh, stay in shape. Uh, she's in good shape. And uh, she's going to start running. Great. So she starts running and she actually enjoyed it and she was doing it every day and uh, she was loving the health benefits, the you know physical, all that. Well, then her knee gets hurt. We go to the surgeon and he says, hey, I run, my wife runs. My goal is to get you back out there running. He said those words to us, the surgeon. And then he does the surgery. And my wife goes through the recovery and does all the rehab that she's supposed to do. And months later, there's still pain. So we go back to the surgeon and ask him about it. And he says, well, you can't do high impact exercise anymore, such as running. I wanted to punch the guy. <laughs> how, how can you say that? Right before surgery, my goal is to get you out there running again. After surgery, well, sorry, you can't do high impact exercise like running. Is he just a flat out liar? Does he not know what he's doing? I don't know. But those are just the, the three most obvious examples in our life. So that's, I've been a skeptic for a, a, a Apart from a friend who was a GI who I had uh, 
one little issue with. I haven't been to the doctor since I was 18. And I don't plan on going back anytime soon. How much do you entrust your health to medical science? And if you do any digging at all on your own, you will find that they all disagree. You can find studies on every side of just about every medical issue. Look what's happened in our, in our culture with respect to the vaccines. Uh, I didn't get vaccine. I didn't let my, any of my family get vaccines, my wife and kids, with COVID. Because the rule was, used to be, right, all these years and all these studies and testing they have to do before they bring a new vaccine. And they're going to push one through in a few months and tell us it's safe. I just, that to me, now I, you know, you got to make, the whole point of this is you take responsibility for your health. For me and my conscience, I do not trust medical science. And I am not going to let them in, inject things into my body and my family's bodies after a few months of study of this new disease that we don't even know. And I, and frankly, I had COVID twice. I had the first strain and I had, uh, I forget now what the, what the third one was. And it was, it was rough, but it wasn't, I mean, I, I'd rather have it than the flu. Remember I had the influenza a few years ago and man, that was way worse for me. Why do we just trust people because they got a degree? It's hard work. It's hard work to dive in and research and learn. And we're scared, especially when it comes to health. Did you know, uh, I will talk probably more about this next week, but the whole food pyramid that most of us grew up with in, in public education, it's all a sham. It's all based on Seventh-day Adventist ideology. Look at, look at, look at all the rest of the, the, the stuff that experts tell us. How about finance? I know at least one person on here makes his living in finance, so I'm going to try not to step on your toes. But I will say, regardless of who's on here, brothers, you are responsible for how you handle your money. No one else is responsible for that. You have a 401k. Do you know where that money is going? Or do you just let the fund managers allocate that, that money wherever they want to? There are a lot of fund managers that make an awful lot of money whether you make much or not. A lot of those guys make money just for moving your money around. And usually... Well, I shouldn't say that. A lot of 401k, it just tags along with the indexes, but the money managers make a lot of money. It takes work to dive in and research and figure out the best place to put your money. And a 401k may not be it. Now, if you have employer matching, that helps, right? But you're responsible for your money. I don't think it is wise to simply hand it off to some expert 
or take some expert's advice. You got to dig in and find people you can trust, but also do enough research on your own so you can evaluate whether they're trustworthy. You can't be 100% sure of any of it. But I'm just trying to maybe shake the foundations a little bit of this default setting we have to defer to experts simply because they're experts or because your friend likes them or because they seem nice or because they're popular. They get a lot of positive reviews. Now, reviews actually uh, can help uh, if it's a, it's a fair review system. Dale says, Dallas Buyers Club was a pretty good movie about the nonsense of requiring FDA approval. As I recall, it handled the choice and risk-reward concepts pretty well. Never saw that. I'll have to, have to give that some, some thought. Saving money, investing money. Uh, brothers, we have to take charge of this. In your home, you can't blame your wife if she spends money. You're the head of the home. You got to make sure the, that you're in charge of, of all this. Uh, third category as we, re- as we get close here, theology. We do the same thing. A person who doesn't have a degree from a seminary is not a theology expert. How much trouble has the church gotten into because we trust theology experts, seminary degreed PhDs? Just because a pastor has a degree does not mean he knows the Bible. You realize in the New Testament, there was nothing like a degree. When Paul told Timothy and Titus to ordain elders or appoint elders, he didn't say go find a seminary graduate. He said, look for men of high character. Now, they need to be able to teach, but what they were to teach was what they had learned from Paul, who had learned from the Old Testament scriptures through the teaching of Jesus. And as you know, from all the other topics uh, I teach on, I am trying to wake us up out of our slumbers of just defaulting to systematic theology because it creates so much unbiblical thinking. We need men who study the Bible, not theology, and who are of high character, godly, Christ-centered character. Those are the people who should be leading the church. Jesus said, how do you know whether to trust a teacher? Look at the fruit of his life. Pastoral candidates come in to churches today. They spend a weekend with you. You listen to them preach. You ask them a few questions, and then you hire them as a pastor. You can't possibly evaluate a person's character on a weekend. Are you, do we think people can't deceive us for a weekend and look really good? But we've been told to defer to experts in everything. And that takes responsibility away from us. And we put our trust and our hope 
in the experts. It's hard work. I'm telling you, it is hard work. It takes time to research, to study, to learn, to even know what we don't know in all these areas. And I just picked three of them. But we could put down our devices and stop watching TV and sports and spend that time digging in to make good decisions and take ownership and responsibility for our lives. I believe that is the wise, godly thing to do. Let me catch up on a couple of your comments here and then we'll wrap it up. Ken says, MER, they get a percentage whether the stocks go up or down. Is that the, uh, uh, the fund managers you're talking about? Uh, yeah, I think that's true. Dale says, how am I to know what God has said without a commentary to tell me? How can I understand a commentary without help from an expensive teacher or full-time pastor? Exactly, exactly. If only God wrote a book about it and gave us someone powerful. Yep. Yeah, Ken says, Joel Osteen deceives people every weekend. I don't know if he's got a degree or not, but even conservative leaders from conservative seminaries they are trained primarily in the writings of men. Think about that. Your pastor, in almost every case, I, I would be willing to say this. Now, obviously, I could be wrong, but I would be willing to say, I am willing to say, your pastor spent 90% of his seminary education studying the writings of men rather than the writings of God. Because that's what theology and seminaries do today. I went to two of them. I've been around pastors for a long, long time. Ozzy says, unfortunately, the ratio of seminary pastors is equal to I felt led to open a church pastor's Scripture warns us over and over to study, but men rely on the man-woman behind the pulpit. Yeah, we, we need church leaders, men who know God's word and stick to God's word. So anyway, you as a man are responsible. And God didn't tell us to defer to experts. So, I want to challenge you, encourage you, just like we did last week with sleep, which seems like a minor thing, but it's not a minor thing. The other things in your life, you are responsible for. And if you have a family, you are responsible for them. And yes, we need advisors. There is wisdom in many advisors, but you don't just default to the system or to the government-endorsed advisors. In fact, that would cause me to say I'm not going to trust them at all because I don't trust the government. We have to do our own work to be able to evaluate our advisors well. And frankly, if we're not willing to do that, and it turns out poorly, then we get what we deserve, don't we? There's this pattern we see in Scripture of God saying, you reap what you sow. And if we're not willing to put in the work, then, you know, if, if we give all our money to, uh, to those fund managers, you know, we make our 6 or 8% a year and they're making 
millions and millions of dollars, well, that's, uh, that's on us for not doing our research. All right, got to go. Um, Ozzy says, great encouragement, Doug. Thank you, as always. Truly enjoy your videos. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that very much. So get to work this weekend, brothers. You got a three-day weekend. Use some of it to uh, dive into something that maybe you've deferred to the experts. And have a great one. And we'll come back next Tuesday. And uh, we will get back to Romans. Take care.